Mark chapter 13. Interesting enough, uh, this um, the Bible readings coincided with communion this, this week. As we finished Mark chapter 14, we read into communion. And it's just a, a blessing to have read that, knowing that we were moving into communion. But we're going to read a few verses here in Mark chapter 13. Uh, share that on our heart, and then we'll move into communion. I, I want to say something. Uh, I know Grace. I know she saw me. Uh, I couldn't get the candles to light because of this weird striker. Uh, it's a little butane, and I couldn't see the flame. I'm like, it doesn't work. And I turned over to Shane, and he looks at me and is like, he said I quit smoking. So he wasn't even carrying a lighter. So praise God for that. Praise God for that. That was, I mean, I, I was disappointed that Shane didn't have a lighter, but then I was okay because he said I quit smoking. Amen. So praise God for that, Shane. I, I'm proud of, brother, if you ever just need to scream at somebody because you want a cigarette so bad, call me. You can scream at me. Mark chapter 13, we'll read verses 32 through 37. I'll go to the Lord in prayer and share that on my heart. The Bible says... But of the day and at that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time it is. For the Son of Man is a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the word. I pray that you would anoint it now. Move me out of the way. Hide me behind your cross. Uh, open our hearts to receive that which you have for each and every one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're reading here, when we're getting to this point, it's the last week of Christ's life. Here on this, you know, his, his earthly life, his mortal, if you will, life. We're reading, and, and we're in the last week of his life. And, and as he's leaving the temple there with his disciples, his disciples are, are just in awe, and they're saying, Look, Master, at these buildings. What, what marvelous buildings, it says in 13.1. What buildings are here? And, and Jesus goes on to teach them that there's a time coming when none of these stones are going to be on top of each other. And he's, he's referencing around 70 A.D. when, when they came through and demolished the entire city. There was just total carnage and wreckage there. But then Jesus takes them uh, to the Mount of Olives. And he begins to teach them of things to come, as you read there in 13, chapter 3. He, he begins to teach them of, of things that are going to come and the coming destruction of Jerusalem and, and events that would lead up to the, his return. And we see that he talks about wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and persecutions. And, and you know, and it disturbs me when I, when I log on to Facebook and I see people that are called to preach the word start stirring up the wrong kind of reaction out of people when, when they hear about Iran and they, they hear about all these other things and they start stirring, oh, rumors of wars and wars, here it comes. They don't read the rest of the verse where Christ says, this is just the beginning of woes. We still got some time left here. I don't know how much time. The Bible just told us we don't. We don't know. Jesus don't know. The angels don't know. Only God knows 
when he's going to look at Jesus and say, it's time. So we're given a little bit of instruction here in verses uh, 32 through 37. It ends with that, that one word in verse 37 that says, watch. That word jumped out at me. Many of you were looking at your Bibles and it's capitalized. I began to think, why is that word even capitalized other than to catch my attention? I realized that the writers that were translating had to do things in italics to say we inserted this word to English grammar to make it grammatically correct and this word and then over translation some words were left capitalized. But that word jumped out at me when it said watch. He said, I say unto you and I say unto all watch. But he gave some, some great advice in verse 34. He told us. He said, for the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey. We know where Jesus went because he told us where he's going. I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. And he's telling his disciples here now, I'm going to take a, a, a long journey such as you may see some here that, that may travel for business in that time or they may travel for whatever they were traveling and he says, I'm going to take a journey like unto them, and I'm going to leave my house. And he gave the disciples, and this man, he was likened it, I'm giving you authority and my work. I'm giving you the authority and my work. And he commanded the porter to watch. Jesus is telling us here in the first part of 32 that we have to strive to be faithful stewards. We have to run his house. He has given us the keys to his house. And he says, I want you to run my house. I want you to take my possessions. He's my master. I want you to take my possessions and I want you to use them in a manner that I would use them. I'm going away. I'm going to need you to step up. He said, I want you to enjoy all that I have to give you, but I need you to honor it as well. He has given us, as faithful stewards, his business. In 2 Peter 3, verse 9, it tells us here, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He wants us all to step into this role of, of, of repentance and take hold of the Master's possessions and take hold of the Master's work here that he left behind for us to do. And he's not slack in the promises. He says, I'm going away, but I'll be with you always. He says, I'm going away, and it's good that I go away because I can send one better. You think, how can it get any better than Jesus? We could go through a long list of things that I could share with you that, would, that, make, that make the Holy Spirit better. Jesus came and learned what it felt like to lose a loved one. He gave that to the Holy Spirit to comfort us. Jesus never, I mean, God never knew what it was like to visit a funeral of a loved one. But Jesus did. He gave that to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit becomes such a more awesome portion of God to dwell within us. And Jesus even said it. It's not me making this up. Jesus said, I'm going to go away and send you one better. So we see that he's not slacking his promises. He's going to do that. 
So when Jesus says, I'm putting you in charge of my house, I remember reading some words of Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon said it's like this. If people are going to die and go to hell, let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. Let them have to climb over us as Christians, as masters that are as masters of the house, as we've been given this, this authority, let them climb over us and leap to hell over us, but us doing all that we can do as faithful servants over the master's business. He said, I came to seek and to save. He left that with us. Go seek, go save. Go love, go make disciples. So we as faithful servants have been given that and, 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 and we are to reach others. We found our way of reaching others and, and God has allowed us to capitalize on that with the food trailer and we're going to do so much work all about this place. It's going to be like Faith Baptist Church on wheels. It's going to be a traveling revival if you will. I know that God's going to move through it. People are already taking notice that it's here. What's next, right? That might be what they're asking. What are they up to next? I say, just wait and see what God does next. Because as faithful stewards and faithful servants, he's bound to bless it. He said, I'm not slack in my promises. So we have that. So but here I want you to understand this. We can't enjoy the blessings within the house and let the work outside go. We are blessed here at Faith Baptist Church. Look around. Look around. We can't let the work outside go to pot. We can't let it rot outside, keeping it clean on the inside. We've got to move about this place. We got to, we've got to not ignore the work out there. And as faithful servants, we have to carry out any task we are assigned it says here in verse, verse 34 that I gave authority to his servants and to every man his work. You can look at that as he divvied it out and said, you got to do this, you're doing this, you're doing this. So you can look at it as he gave us his job. His job, as he said before, is I came to seek and to save. I came as a, as a physician for those. I didn't come for those who were, who were religious and didn't need God. I came to those who did. So we are to find those that, that are searching for God. Look, I, I come here to church to worship with you. John and I were talking. Just You guys are our people. This is where we, we look forward to on a weekly basis to showing up here on Sunday to worship with you. And I know you feel the same way. When, when you get up on a Monday through Saturday, your days are most likely like mine, and you're like, oh, gosh, I got to go do this. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. But when I get up on Sunday, man, I'm excited. I'm excited Saturday night knowing I'm going to get to be around my people. But it's those that are outside that he called us to come and calls us and gave us the work to go. Everyone has been given that commandment. Go. Go where? That's between you and God. Ask Luke. He's been praying and praying and praying where God wants him to go. But that's between him and God. As the pastor, I can't say, Luke, God's calling you to Hawaii because that's where I want to visit you. I can't say, Luke, 
pick a Jamaica, pick a tropical island, man. I can't do that because God might be calling him to the coldest place on earth. God might be calling him to the hottest place on earth. But God called him to go. Called him to go into foreign missions. But each and every one of us has been called into a mission in our little three-foot space. Maybe let it expand to five feet. Let God expand it. But he said, go. He said, go and make disciples. Go and, and, and teach and preach and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's, that's a commandment for us all. And then he gave us that one that, that we struggle with so much. He said, love. Love. Love who? Everybody, right? If you love God first and most, Shane... It becomes a little easier to love everyone else. Now, I would just share with you, you know, it's easy for me to come into this place and love on y'all. I already said, y'all my people. It's easy. But what about the, the homeless tent compounds in the woods right by Walmart and Cartersville? What about love? Who's loving on them? Who's loving on the ones that that don't have what we might consider to be proper clothes? We found out Saturday at the men's breakfast that Bartow County has a housing crisis. What about those? Who's loving on those? I had that listed as, you know, we are to go. We are to love. Those are given to each and every one of us, but then each and every one of us have tasks that God has laid upon our hearts to do so as faithful stewards we are called to take care of those tasks as he says here I and give every man his work every man his work I read a, a preacher who wrote some things he said you know he had 200 members 20 of them said they were too old that left him basically with 180. 18 of them were too shy. 162. 37 were too tired. I mean, many of us can probably fit into that category. Just too tired. Now he's down to 125. 20 people there were made go. How many ever make your kids come to church or were made come to church? Yeah. Say, so were you really at church? Or were you just made to go? Right, so that, that drops his number down to 105. 20 of them had too many aches and pains. He's down to 85. 35 were just indifferent, left him with 50. 40 only showed up part-time. Left him with 10. And nine of them were overloaded with all the other work, which left him discouraged and nothing to do. So it takes all of us working together. Yes, we're going to get too tired. Yes, we're going to get achy. Sometimes we're going to be indifferent, but we work together to accomplish the task. There's no excuses. There's no excuses. We're only called to be good stewards of the work that God has given us to do. And finally, he said, be on guard. He said, be on guard. He commanded the porter to watch. And I love this because he says, 
commanded the porter to watch. He says, watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house is coming. He said, be on guard, look and watch, because you don't know when I'm going to turn the corner. And here I am. We don't know. He says, it may be in the evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. But he says, I don't want to find you sleeping. I don't want to find you sleeping. We realize just a little while after this, he must have gotten discouraged as he went to pray and came back and found the disciples sleeping. After he just went through this this wonderful teaching moment, don't be sleeping, be watching. And then he takes them to pray. And he wants them to pray fervently for the task that he's about to accomplish. And they fall asleep. I can't imagine when he looks down at me and finds me sleeping. You know, I might not be laying in my bed with my eyes closed or sitting here in the church pew, head nodding. That might not be me. But my sleep is all in my walk and in my tasks. So he calls us to be faithful watchers, to be on guard, to put, he put the church in the world to watch out for the world. Satan's putting the world in the church to stop the church from watching over the world. So we've got, to, we've got to be on guard that, that we don't allow Satan to put those things into our church and into our lives that slow us down and keep us sleeping. Satan is doing these things to weaken God's work. We're called to be vigilant, called to be alert. As 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Pay close attention to this. Because he says, seeking. We realize that Satan went before God and asked. He asked permission to go after Job. He had to. Jesus even told Peter, he said, Peter, Satan's already asked to sift you as wheat. How often does Satan appear before God saying, let me at him. Let me touch him. He says, you got to be vigilant because he's going to and fro, just like he was in the days of Job, to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Seeking. He's requesting to devour you. We have to be vigilant. We went through the the whole armor. We finished up Ephesians in in Sunday school this morning. We went through the whole armor. And we got down to the sword of the spirit. And what God gave us there. What an awesome weapon. What an awesome weapon. And you think of weapons as you know like fighting. But this weapon like strengthens you. It puts you on guard. It does does so many different things that that you you just got to get in there and get to get to discerning on that i'll share with you what we did in sunday school some other time because we got other stuff we got to do but he called us he said be vigilant be alert he said hold the fort church hold the fort and the song says for i am coming hold it down 
Batten down the hatches. The battle is real. Satan is after to destroy you, to destroy me, to sow discourse within this church, to destroy this community. Be, what did you say? Watch ye therefore, lest, next verse, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And then he said, I'm not just saying this to you guys. He says, you guys are here with me. I'm not just telling you this. He says in, in, in verse 37, And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. Watch. He's asking us to watch. Watch for each other. Watch for ourselves. Watch for Satan. Watch for this. Watch for that. Be Be sober. Be vigilant. Be alert. The, the battle is real. The battle is real. Every day you wake up, you fight in a battle. Every day. But as in Ephesians 6, it's, the, it's not that we wrestle against flesh and blood. It's those principalities. It's evil in dark places. It's spiritual wickedness in high places. The same battle that Jesus had in the wilderness after being baptized. He got victory so you could have victory. Be alert. Watch. Watch. We're going to pray. And I'm going to ask the, I'm, I'm gonna ask Sister Melissa to play a verse of a song to, to just give anyone an opportunity who would like to pray this morning before we move into communion. If you would like to come and to pray, pray for strength, pray for courage, pray for, pray for vision, pray for whatever it may be that you need to pray for. I encourage you to come. To come. And, and if you need something to pray about, come and pray that God would make you more vigilant. Pray that God would, would make you more sober, more alert. Come and cast those cares upon Him. And when, when those that are, that are praying are finished praying, we'll move into our communion service. But I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm not even going to ask you to stand right now. If you want to come pray... Come pray. But I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and pray here, right in your seats now. Pray for those that are here in the altar praying. Pray for those that are in your pew right now. Pray for strength over each other. Pray for vigilance and alertness. Pray that God would move in our hearts and our lives in a mighty way to create faithful stewards and faithful servants watching watching for the master to return most heavenly father God we thank you so much for your many blessings we praise you for these that are here that are praying we pray father that you just fill them with your power fill them with, with just an overload of your spirit we pray, Father, that there's one in this place right now 
who has grown cold with their walk, that they would step out to receive uh, that, that, that reconciliation with you. That if there's one here right now that does not know your salvation, does not know Jesus as their personal Savior, would move and come to an altar of repentance. We pray, God, as the music plays and your spirit moves, that hearts move.